Good morning. Welcome to the Dad Syndicate podcast, the Dad Stoic edition. My name is Thomas Kingwell and I am the host and founder of the Dad Syndicate. Really excited to be bringing you episode number five. It's quite amazing how these things just rack up the whole time. It's officially number 30 altogether. We've got 25 uh, interview episodes. I'd encourage you to go check out some of those. There's some great ones that I've done recently. I've interviewed my favorite singer of my favorite band, Pierre Greer from Heavens Fantasy in South Africa. Also interviewed um, transgender dad, Adian Dowling. And that was a very interesting and eye-opening conversation for me and a really encouraging you gentlemen to go and check that one out as it really helps us to look at the world a little bit differently. Those of us that have not been used to those kind of things or maybe grew up in a conservative background and have been a bit closed-minded and in our own kind of prison in not being open to learning from, from other people that are maybe a little bit different to us, but actually, in fact, mostly the same. Anyways... Talking about our show and the Dad Syndicate, we have a Facebook group called the Dad Syndicate Arena where there's uh, quite a few guys, about 65 guys there now, having some cool discussions, talking about everything from marriage to our kids to how much time we spend thinking about how other people think about us and applying some of the stoic uh, philosophies and techniques that we are learning about in this show that comes out every Friday morning. So yes, we have the show every Friday morning, and then we have our interview show that I've started to release on a Tuesday morning. And we had our best week last week with the most downloads so far. So thank you to all those guys that are supporting us. Really appreciate you getting together with us and showing us the support. If I can just ask one favor, it is to, or two favors actually, please share this podcast with dads, as, you know, as many dads as you know, and, and as many men as you know who are planning on being dads, or just guys in general. I think anybody can learn from these stoic principles and these stoic techniques applied to our lives. Um, I think to share my own experience, Lately, I've just seen a major um, improvement in my relationship with my wife, and I've seen a, a good improvement in the patience that I have with my children. Now, this doesn't mean that it's perfect by any means, and I see areas of my life where I still lack this quite considerably, but the improvement and the progress being made in my own tranquility and calm is quite significant, and I'm just glad that I get to share that with you. Um, it is tough every day, and, and as we go into the world, there are many, many moments that want to steal our tranquility, and I think stoicism helps in keeping us calm, keeping us focused, keeping us present, and helping us to be intentional, and I think that's what we want to do is to be intentional. So yeah, I'll share this podcast with everybody, and then also leave us a rating on iTunes or wherever you are listening, as that really helps to give a bit more visibility and Keep listening and give us some feedback. Let us know on Facebook. On our, I mean, sorry, let us know on Facebook or let us know on Instagram at the Dad Syndicate. Uh, we're trying to organize the website to really get it up and running properly so we can get a little bit more written content for those that enjoy to read. So I think that's the most business or all the business that I need to bring to you today. We can get straight into the content. So it's once again a Friday morning early, as you can probably hear from my voice down in the basement. And we're going to be talking about arena number three, which is relationships. Now, there'll probably be a couple of episodes on this because I wanted to split it up because to talk about relationships in general is a little bit too broad and stoicism is so broad. And it's actually been pretty interesting to me to find out how much there is in stoicism to learn and how many uh different techniques and principles there are. And so what I've done today is that I've chosen to bring you a podcast on marriage and stoicism and how these techniques and these principles can help us to show up far more effectively in our marriage and in effect live a much happier existence with our wives and bring joy to their lives and in turn have our 
happiness increased and our contentment increased. I mean, if there is any relationship that really affects our lives a lot, it is the relationship with our wives. And I hear far too many men lately talking about either strife with their wives, where their wives are petty and where men are letting their their joy and their tranquility be ruined by wives that they have not developed a positive relationship. Or on the other hand, in extreme situations, wives that are leaving them or cheating on them. Um, and it's quite shocking for me how often this is happening. I think it's shocking how much it happens in either husbands and wives. And I think that when we start living in a more stoic way and applying these you know, ancient principles to modern day, we can start to make our lives far more tranquil and calm. And you know, why we we focus on this as dads is that there's no more relationship that has a greater effect on how we show up as fathers and which has a greater positive effect or negative effect on our children. I'm a divorced dad, totally didn't apply the rules or the philosophies of stoicism to my first marriage. That collapsed and left two children in a situation where they were being fought for by both parents and didn't show much stoicism in that in the beginning when I didn't take much control over myself instead of focusing on things that I couldn't control and getting myself all worked up and angry um, had no positive effects. And what we want to do as men is we want to stand up and own our own our own role in this. And as far as marriage goes, we need to do that. Um, now, that doesn't take the onus off the other person. It doesn't mean we won't deal with that. But I think it definitely starts with us. We like to blame others for what's going on and we need to start just realizing most of the things are our fault and we have uh, the control. Um, when we start blaming others, we kind of pass over control to them. And I think that's not very helpful. So today we're going to be delving into marriage and maybe contrary to somebody's, some people's beliefs, Stoicism, Stoics really believed that it was our duty and that it was nature and natural for us to form relationships with people and that we were created. In fact, Marcus said we were created for one another for fellowship. You know, this is what is natural and rational and we were created for service and harmony. So we are meant to be in relationships with people. And the Stoics looked upon marriage also quite favorably. And I think it was, I think it was Epictetus that said that few people are as happy as he who has a loving spouse and devoted children. I think that we can agree that when we have those wonderful golden days where things are running wonderfully and we wake up in the morning and we have a lovely breakfast with our family and the sun is shining and everybody's laughing and smiling. Well, at least I hope you have those moments. Um, it starts to, I don't think there's much more that can bring warmth and satisfaction and actually tranquility to our lives. And it depends how we run it though, as everything goes. So like I said, the Stoics are all for that. And I think they also understand that people are there to test us and to grow us and to develop us. And I think that that's when we face these challenges of our marriage and we get into marriage. It's always going to be tough. It's always going to be difficult. So what I've got is I've got about 10 principles and techniques that we can apply in our lives to be better husbands. Are, is it going to be an exhaustive list? No, because I could do, as I've said before, I could probably do two, three, four I mean, five shows applying different techniques and principles and sharing different quotes with you gentlemen on how we can be better husbands. So as I dive into these, let's keep in mind that we have totally different marriages. Our wives are different. We have different personalities. However, the stoic principles and the stoic techniques stay the same and help us to deal with it in a way that brings us kind of to the same point of tranquility where we're able to deal with things objectively and get a bird's eye view of our marriage. So let's delve in. Let's dive into number one. So number one is don't look for trouble. So Seneca in his moral little said, 
I don't agree with those who plunge headlong into the middle of the flood and who, accepting turbulent life, struggle daily in great spirit with difficult circumstances. The wise person will endure that, but won't choose it, choosing to be at peace rather than at war. And I think this can be applied in a couple of ways, in that even though it seems like common sense, a lot of people will get into a relationship with a hot-headed person or someone who enjoys strife. Now, I'm not going to (laughs) exclude myself from that at times. I met someone and my current partner is a very calm and loving person. However, when you bring in another person into a relationship, someone with a bit of a hot temper or lack of impulse control, it obviously ends up looking for trouble. So when you're a man, be careful who you firstly choose to be married to if you listen to this and you haven't been married. But then I think as married men, we need to realize there are times when we actually look for trouble. Sometimes we want to blame our wives or you know, the circumstances of us behaving in a certain way. But we've got to be aware of when our when our moods are low, possibly when our sugar is low. And remember, these 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 principles and these techniques rely heavily on what I spoke about in episode three and four, the one about the body and the mind, that we need to do things that don't help us or don't, you know, contribute to us actually being on edge, snappy, irritable, frustrated. So taking care of our body, making sure we get enough sleep, which has been a big one for me this this week. And in fact, yesterday I was suffering from a, you know, a, a lack of sleep due to staying up too late with podcasts, due to being waking up by the children um, and due to going to bed too late and then ending up yesterday feeling much lower than I had the rest of the week and not being able to control my impulses as much or be rational and think logically in the moment because my body and my mind were not well rested as well. So remember to take care of those things as well. But, you know, guys, let's let's not look for trouble for our wives. Let's make sure that we understand <laughs> how they tick a little bit. Let's make sure that we work out what annoys them. Now, I'm not saying pussyfooting around them and not confronting these things, but you know the difference listening to this. You know where that comes in and, and in your marriage where you can stop looking for trouble. You know, there's enough trouble that can come from the outside. Let's work on ourselves and not go looking for trouble. So that leads us to number two, which is the perception of good and bad. Now, Marcus Aurelius says in his meditations, if you are pained by any external thing, it is not this thing that disturbs you, but your own judgment about it. And it is in your power to wipe that judgment out now. And that relates to everything in life is that things happen, you know. Troubles are going to come. Our wives are going to be upset. Our wives are going to nag at us. Our wives are going to blame us for a myriad of things. They are going to see the mistakes. When they wouldn't, they, in my case, my wife wants me to spend more time with my children. These things are going to happen. Bad things, in inverted commas, are going to happen. However, we can change them from being bad into being neutral. And it goes the same for the good. You know, sometimes we rely so much on these highs that we start chasing after that because we label things good and bad. And when the bad things happen, then we are suddenly at sea. We don't know how to behave. We act on our impulses. We get into arguments instead of actually looking at a situation objectively. Now, I know this takes an enormous amount of self-control. And once again, get your body and your mind in the right place and you'll be able to deal with this far more. But we let things annoy us far too easily. We look at a situation and judge it as bad instead of looking at it as good. So for instance, for me, I have often had the ability in the moment to be a little bit more sensible and rational and realize that when my wife was criticizing, inverted commas, or giving me some guidance, that she was helping me be a better man. And in the moment, I would actually 
often get upset or get offended, start an argument because I would then say she's nagging at me, she always moans at me, whereas I can take that situation and go, you know what, my wife is helping me to be the best man I can. In fact, the perspective that I started to take was that my wife believes in me so much that she's telling me these things because she thinks that I can be better. She thinks that I can step up more. Um, and sometimes I feel like, oh, I'm already doing this and I'm already doing that and I'm already doing this. And then when she complains to me, I see it as a bad thing. And I'm like, oh, that's negative. Oh, why are you getting on my case again? Instead of going, hmm, hang on two seconds. This woman is a guide for me. She wants me to be better. And let, let's be honest, guys. You know, there are deep-seated resentments that women carry around. But at the end of the day, your wife wants to be happy. You know, she wants to be happy with you. And if you've got kids, she wants to be happy with your children. And she wants you to be the best husband for your kids as well. So be aware of that. When you're looking at the interactions with your wife, and it might seem from the surface as bad or negative, look at it from another perspective and think, oh, what can I learn from this? And as we've talked about before, you know, the what stands in the way becomes the way, you know, and the way that you can take that is to really step up your life and really become a better father. So use that and don't always see things as negative and bad, rather just see them as neutral and then use them for good to improve yourself. So that's the perception of good and bad. Start working on that. Start working on the fact that not things aren't good or bad, but it's the way you see it that make them good or bad. And it's the way you see it that depends whether you get hurt by it or whether you grow by it. Number three, and nice and suitably, the trichotomy of control that we've been talking about. We should always be asking ourselves, is this something that is or is not in my control? And that's from Epictetus. And having that little thought about everything that we do, or before we act rather, which is much more important in Stoic philosophy and in our lives, is to ask ourselves this question. Is it in my control? Is it not in my control? Is it in partial control? Is it partially, sorry, in my control? And if it is in our control, great. You can change it. It's awesome. So if it's in your control with your wife, if it's something you can make a difference in, for instance, when you're coming home, can you control the environment? Can you come home in a different way? Yes, you can. You can control your behavior. So even if you had an argument with your wife or things aren't so going so well, you can step up as a man and you can take control of the situation by coming into the house with a smile. If there's a bit of tension and coldness, don't jump into a hug and, and embrace straight away. That's not really going to work, but that's once again in your control to make the decision. But you can buy flowers. You can do the little things. And even if she doesn't appreciate it straight away because the relationship is that strained, those little things will build up. And you can make a plan. You can make a plan of what you're going to do. And as I say, what you're going to do, because that's one thing you have complete control of. And you have complete control of your opinions of your wife and your thoughts of your wife. And if you are going to be thinking in a way that is negative about your spouse, this is going to have no positive effect whatsoever. You need to start changing those thoughts, start changing those opinions, and start looking for the good. You fell in love with this person. You made a choice to put a ring on her finger, or if you're just in a relationship like me, you made a choice to commit to this person. And we're talking about the dad syndicate here, so we're talking mainly, hopefully, to fathers here who've had children with this person. Now, what we start doing is we start seeing all the negative things, and some of forget the positive things. And that is within our control, to write down the positive things. What I would suggest is take something, write down the negative things, and throw that paper away and start looking at the positives. I know that I've seen negatives in my my partner, which are basically almost there because of my behavior and not there when we are getting on 
you know, getting on swimmingly as we are now, all I see is the positive. And somehow it's quite hard for me because sometimes all I see is the positive. And then I think sometimes she would say, all I see is the negative, depending on how I'm doing. And that's the point. How are you doing? What can you control? And then the things that you have partial control over, which is, like I said, can be the environment in the home, can be the way that she's feeling even. I mean, you don't have really control over in the sense that you can change it by forcing, but you can change the way that your wife responds to you by doing your best. And it's the same in a sports match. You know, we're always focusing on the goal, the goal, the goal. Then we always get frustrated and we get angry about not winning the sports match. Instead of going, I did my best and focusing on that, because that's what we have control of. We don't have control over the, the outcome of a sports match. However, we do have control about our performance in that sports match. And it's no different in marriage. We have control over our behavior and how we step up, our opinions, our impulses. Um, and that will inadvertently change your marriage. As I've said about you, I'll say the same thing about your wife. She fell in love with you. She said yes. She walked down the aisle with you or... Like me, she had children with you. She wanted to commit to you. She wanted to have a family with you. So something inside her is still waiting and yearning for those of you who are really struggling in marriage for you to come back in that way. And it's not impossible, guys. It really is not impossible. But you've got to make the effort. And on this point, for those of you that it might not work out for, because it's not a guarantee that it will work out, in the process of being your best, and that's all that can be expected or asked of you, you are going to become the man that she wanted and the man that is a great father or you're going to become a better man for the next person or just a better man in general. So if you do your best and it somehow is unsalvageable and it doesn't change the circumstances because you can't control it, you would have developed yourself into the person that will be great for the next person or will just be a man of value, a man of character and someone who does not need to be with somebody else to be happy. And as I said, if you have children and you get divorced like I, I did, if I had worked a little bit more in my marriage and even if it had failed, I would have been a far better father. I would have been a far better friend to people, far better colleague and a far better um, partner to my partner these days. So even if you are working on your marriage and it doesn't look like it's working out, you take control of yourself and make sure that you work on those aspects of yourself. So get your body in shape, do some techniques that calm your mind, um, you know, step it up in maybe the appearance uh, arena as well, if that's a problem. If you have been a bit of a slob and not dressing and not grooming yourself and that's really not <laughs> bringing it to the table for your wife, then work on that. Work on anything you can, guys. Because as I said, you're bettering yourself and, you, and you're increasing the chances radically of having a wonderful relationship, taking it back to those first days where you fell in love. I know that's how it is for me right now. It's wonderful to be experiencing this as well and has such a cool effect on my kids and my family and my and my fathering. So that's the trichotomy of control. Focus on the things you can control, guys. And the things you can't control, get over them and stop trying to control your wife and control the way the situation goes and trying to be right all the time. And like I said, focusing on those things that you have no control of. If you can't control them, don't waste another second trying to control them. Number four, control your impulses or have control over your emotions. So as Marcus Aurelius says, don't be bounced around, but submit every impulse to the claim of justice and protect your clear conviction in every appearance. Now, impulse control is very important in the marriage relationship for a variety of reasons. So number one, 
stop getting annoyed by little things that your wife does. Remember, and the way you can do that is by this technique, is remember you're also annoying sometimes and you also have shortcomings. I know I do, but yet I'm so quick to react and so quick to get emotional when someone has done me wrong or done does something that's that's annoying. And when the kids are running around and when it's been a busy day, it's hard to control this. So practice those techniques that I talked about in episode three and four to have your mind and your body operating at an optimal, optimal level. Because remember, I mean, you know, when we when we get when you get annoyed, it never gets better. We don't get less annoyed. We get more annoyed and our wives get annoyed. And then it creates a whole atmosphere in the home where your children are running around in this atmosphere. It can, in the worst case scenarios, lead to huge arguments behind closed doors, in front of closed doors. And remembering that we can also annoy our spouse, can help us to be a little bit more empathetic and to realize, you know what, I'm annoyed now or I'm feeling it coming on, I'm annoyed. I'm going to take a second to remember, practice some techniques and become less annoyed. And I think, guys, for me especially, you know, there's always this impulse to just react to what I'm thinking right now or to react on the emotion that's rising up inside me. And I think that it's it's never a positive thing. I think it's always better to be a little bit more rational, a little bit logical. And that means bringing it in under control, you know, taking control, as I spoke about in the last point, taking control of our emotions, and then taking some time for ourselves. And I find this very hard. I always want to solve everything in the moment. And that's very impulsive. And I need to refuse that impulse and say, no, this is going to bring no benefit to both of us. I'm going to take some time out here. I'm going to bring my emotions and my feelings under control. And I'm going to deal with this in a rational and logical way later. And so with the impulse control, we also can talk about the physical realm. Guys, remember that our wives aren't ticking on the same clock as us. And if you're generally doing things completely um, right or doing them as close to right as possible and really treating your wife with respect and love and showing that you care about her, I think that intimacy will be happening a lot more often. And I've definitely found that in my life. But if we're behaving in certain ways and aren't really showing up as a man and we have these impulses that we want to have sex and want to have it now and if our wife is not feeling in the mood then we get angry and that's an inability to control the impulse and you know as stoicism looks at it stoicism has a very interesting uh, view of sex which i'll be talking about in in a later point now but we need to get a handle on that thing and not let us let it control us as a stoic we shouldn't let anything control us and i think in the physical realm we also got to realize that our impulses lead, lead us to overeating lead us to over drinking which then lead us to not showing up as we can as a husband as well and i think that controlling your impulses and being someone who is stoic and able to be the master of his feelings emotions the anger that he that that rises in all of us um, is is very effective and really helps us to show up as as a husband and as a man in general so don't be bounced around by outward circumstances get those impulses under control number five no sex outside of marriage or before marriage now this is a point where i have not succeeded in the before marriage part for sure and uh, i'm not so much i'm not so sure if i agree completely like this but let's look at what marcus aurelius says about things like sex it is like seeing roasted meat and other dishes in front of you and suddenly realizing this is a dead fish a dead bird a dead pig or that his noble vintage is rotten grapes, perceptions like that, latching onto things, perceiving them, perceiving them to see what they really are, to strip away the legend that encrusts them. And what Marcus Aurelius is saying here is that we should apply that approach to sex as well. And he had another quote specifically about sex that really took it down to its like basest 
um, components, which kind of gets us to start to realize that these things aren't these huge, amazing things that we think about, but they just are human functions that are rational, logical, and that we should easily be have them under control. And you know, we can debate about whether it's good to have sex before marriage or not, but I think it would have been an amazing bond if I'd only had sex with my current partner. But am I totally agree with this? I don't really think so. I think that in this way, I think in the world today, um, if you want to leave, live completely as the Stoic philosophers have kind of advised, then sure. But there's going to become, there's going to come a little bit of leeway and a little bit of common sense that we're going to make. And I think it's quite hard to do this. I think as young men, especially very hard to <laughs> not get involved in things like that. But, you know, when you are in a marriage, I don't think it's, it's takes rocket science or, you know, a really smart guy to realize that having sex outside of the marriage relationship is really a negative thing <laughs> for the marriage. And in many cases, this is what leads to a marriage ending in divorce and kids being, you know, raised by parents in different homes and, you know, complicating things. And I think uh, even though I love, you know, the way it works with my kids, having them one week, one week, I think kids being with both parents in a happy, loving home is probably the most important thing. And I think when we go outside of the marriage, we put that majorly at risk. And that links very well with our point that we had before this, which is about you know controlling our impulses and a way to control our impulses. Because let's be honest, sometimes those impulses do arise and you know we get to know other people and the marriage, if we haven't been working on it properly and we haven't been treating our wife with respect and taking control over the things we can, then we are at risk. And I think we've got to do everything we can to not be at risk of making a mistake like that and i think that when you practice the stoic principles and you do the things i've been talking about then you won't be in those situations that much and i think when a little desire for someone else arises in you you've got to get that thing under control immediately and stop it where where it starts in its tracks immediately because the more it grows the more difficult it becomes and as the stoics talk about pleasure is that we've got to get ourselves under control and when we start desiring things it only can lead to unhappiness so whether it's leading to unhappiness because it ends our marriage or it leads to unhappiness because it's unrequited desire where no one actually wants you back but you're desiring something you can't have and this is happening day in and day out with both sexes where they're desiring people and the whole day is bent on this and how can you be productive and how can you be stepping up in your life life to your fullest degree where your energy is focused on something else that you can't have or in a worst case scenario we get what we want and we end up having an, an affair with this person and this eventually comes out and it, it it ruins our marriage and puts our kids in a horrible situation it puts us in a horrible situation where our tranquility is completely ruined so men just remember that put those things when you start thinking about someone um, and start thinking about somebody outside your marriage, put it into its basis components. Think about the disgusting things about that person. I know that I think it was, was it Musonius or Epictetus that was saying, you know, or no, it was the Buddhists actually that were saying, you know, think of the lungs and the pus and the snot and, you know, the scabby skin or, you know, the toenails of the person that you're desiring and it'll quickly put it into perspective and help you to hopefully, you know, cut that desire off straight away. So be aware of that, guys. Be very aware of that. But as I said, let's start at home. Let's start with the controlling what we can control. And I think that you will develop a marriage that is going to be it is going to be rock solid and you hopefully will be, you know, will be cheat proof and you know, not not be a marriage that sets us up 
for stepping outside of the marriage home. I think even if it's terrible and the marriage is ending, I don't think this is the best way to do it. I think take time when you get into a new relationship. Uh, from my experience, that is a far better option. And, you know, we, we should be able to control these things and not be running after these things and, and be just uh, at the whim of things happening around us. So even in this case, be careful. Number six, life endures but a moment. So the view from afar, you can discard most of the junk that clutters your mind and clear out space for yourself by comprehending the scale of the world, by contemplating infinite time, by thinking of the speed with which things change. Each part of everything, the narrow space between our birth and death, the infinite time before the equally unbounded time that follows. And that's from Marcus Aurelius of Meditation. Guys, life goes by so fast. Our little problems that we think are so huge in our marriage. Oh, those little fights, all those wanting to be right. Nothing, minuscule, very unimportant. And when we can take that zoom out things and look at ourselves, look at your place right now in the universe. I'm sitting in my basement, as I said in the last podcast. I'm this tiny little speck in the in the expanse of time, expanse of time. I'm just a blip on the radar. When we can put it into that perspective in the moment, when we're about to have an argument, where we want to show our wife that we're right, we want to prove her wrong, we can then realize, you know what, this is not that important. And, you know, it's it's quite interesting because the paradox of or the irony of it all is that by actually doing that, we actually make the moment more valuable. We probably stop strife. We avoid a lot of complications. And we step up as a man and stop getting angry. So do that, guys. Step. This is a lovely technique, just zooming out sometimes, looking at everything from afar. Which leads on to my favorite number, number seven, which is Fati Amor. And I really love this. And this has really changed my perspective. So, as Epictetus says in his discourses, it's something like going on an ocean voyage. What can I do? Pick the captain, the boat, the date, and the best time to sail. But when the storm hits, what are my options? I do the only thing I am in a position to do. Drown. But fearlessly, without bawling or crying, out to God. Because I know that what is born must also die. And this fatalistic attitude might seem a little bit harsh, a little bit dark, but it's not. It's taking everything as it is. And as he's talked about in that quote, he's done everything he can humanly do. He's taken the things that he can control, but he realizes that with a trichotomy of control, there are going to be things like storms, like weather. There are going to be deaths. There are going to be illnesses that he can't control. But by walking into these things and realize that everything just happens and everything has been destined to happen. What's happening right now was always going to happen. Time was waiting for this to happen. And we need to have this kind of approach to things where we realize, you know, bad things are going to happen. Things aren't going to go the way that I planned, but I'm going to do whatever I can. And then as Fatih Amor says, I'm going to love fate. I'm going to go into this moment as though I chose it. I'm going to reframe things to make myself stronger in the situation, to make myself more tranquil in the situation, and to understand that I don't have to now come into the situation and try to control uncontrollable things. So guys, I recommend that little mantra, Fatih Amor, which has been really amazing for me when I just say Fatih Amor to myself and love fate. I go into everything with such a more positive and a stronger um, attitude. And then the results are far better for me. So once again, ironic, you know, worrying about it and trying to change it ends up actually delivering worse results, whereas actually relaxing about it, being confident about it and approaching life as though you chose it, as though it's the right thing that happened and understanding that fate has a role to play actually delivers far more positive results. Uh, We're getting on a little bit longer here. Uh, Actually got to get ready for work soon as well, but uh, (laughs) going to finish up here. Allowed myself a little bit more time, so took control of that made sure that I gave myself an extra 10 minutes in case there were a bit of complications with setting up or got a little bit long-winded here and hopefully not doing that. But number eight is the technique of negative visualization. Now, I was having a chat with one of my friends the other day and 
we were laughing about it because he said exactly what what I was thinking is that you know some of us would think that negatively visualizing our wife not being there anymore would actually not be such a bad thing <laughs> so I know that that can be funny and you know it well if you're in that situation it's possibly not funny at all but you know guys whether you have a good relationship or not with your wife if you're staying in the in the relationship and you are are trying to work on it and you are desiring it for it to be better then what i would say is that negative visualization can work in the fact that if your wife didn't exist and she wasn't in your life there would be a lot of other things that wouldn't be in your life and when you can negative, negatively visualize your wife not being there, then you would negatively visualize that your children aren't there, be, aren't there anymore. You would negatively visualize that maybe some of your friends wouldn't be there anymore. And also, guys, go back to the beginning. Then your marriage, your wedding wouldn't happen anymore. And I think that when you start looking at it like that, it helps you to appreciate that person far more. Now, you might be really far down the road where the marriage is really on the rocks. But as I said, when that person leaves your life, it's not just that person leaving your life or your, that person not being there. Um, it is the fact that all those other things won't exist. But also with negative visualization, you can also use it to prepare yourself for negative things that are maybe going to be happening and not be someone that is unable to foresee what's happening and therefore is taken by surprise and therefore is a slave to his impulses. So as Seneca said in his letters to Lucilius, nothing happens to the wise man against his expectations, nor do all things turn out for him as he wished, but as he reckoned. And above all, he reckoned that something could block his plans. So being ready for that, expecting these things to go wrong, knowing that you might not get lucky tonight, knowing that you might come home and your wife might complain that you haven't put up the shelves or that you haven't taken the trash out, knowing that these things could happen prepares us much more. And then when it actually happens, we've already lived through it once. And I'm not meaning living through it once and worrying and stuff, because that's obviously not stoic philosophy either but being prepared for when negative things are going to happen and that helps us to show up far more be far more in control and once again take control of what we're in control of so do those negative visualizations to prepare yourself and those of you who are in marriages that are really difficult at the moment maybe you know you have far more <laughs> worse things to visualize but i think it helps us to in the situation then bring calm to the situation and then if you can negatively visualize you can also plan a plan of action that brings more positive light into it for you and your wife Number nine, be happy with what you have. It is quite impossible to unite happiness with a yearning for what we don't have. Happiness has all that it wants and resembling the well-fed, there shouldn't be any hunger or thirst. Guys, let's be happy with what we have. Let's be grateful for what we have. Let's be happy that we have a wife, that we have kids, that we have a home, that we have a situation that we can change, that we have ourselves, that we are able to take control, that we are listening to podcasts like this, that we are able to change things, that we're able to change ourselves, we're able to control our impulses. And I think far too many times discontent comes into our families, whether our wife is doing it, whether it's us or doing it, or look at your kids sometimes when they're never grateful, when it's never enough, when they always want the next thing, you know, when the Christmas present isn't enough, but they wanted that, or when they get dinner and they say, oh, I don't want this. Sometimes we're like big kids. We walk around always wanting, 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 and it's, it's completely against Stoic philosophy to be wanting and desiring things all the time because when we're desiring things that desire obviously can obviously be unfulfilled and when we are living in a situation like this as Seneca was saying is that basically if you're wise you understand this you understand to be content with what you have and I think in this world today there's always the new and the latest thing out there and, and even in relationships sometimes we look at other people's relationships and think like oh I wish I had a relationship like that or we look at other people's wives and think oh I wish I had a wife like that no 
You chose your situation, you take control of it, and we start being happy and content and start working on those things that we do have. And, you know, the Stoics say, want the things, start learning to want the things that you have already. And so that links to the, the previous point of negative visualization is that when you start visualizing not having those things, then you can start to be really appreciative of those things that you do have and start being happy with what you have. And that leads us on to number 10 at last. Well done, 654. Take it like a man. You cry, I'm suffering severe pain. Are you then relieved from feeling it if you bear it in an unmanly way? Let me read that again. You cry, I'm suffering severe pain. Are you then relieved from it, feeling it if you bear it in an unmanly way? So do the problems go away? Does the annoyance go away? Does the pain go away if we sit there whining and moaning and telling our wife how terrible things are and telling our friends when we meet them at the bar how bad things are? None of that complaining, none of that bitter talk helps us at all. So take it like a man, guys. Take what's happening like a man. Apply all the previous nine techniques and principles to your life and stop acting like a victim of your life, like a victim of your situation, and like a victim of your wife. Let's step up. Let's start acting more calm. Let's start taking control over the things we have control of. Let's start controlling our impulses. Let's start looking at things from a better perspective, zooming out a bit, picturing our marriage, picturing our life in this the expense of time and place and start understanding that we have the ability to really change the game in our marriages, that we have the ability to improve our marriages, but not by trying to improve the other person, not trying to make them wrong and show them that we are right, not trying to enforce stoic philosophy on them and tell them that we are learning this and they should do it as well. I don't say don't talk about it. I think it's great to share stoic philosophy with them and I share it with my wife and it's it's really good, good for her to see where it's showing up in my life and hopefully... And she is. She wants to apply it in her life where she stresses a little bit like this. But not trying to force things on other people. Guys, as the dad syndicate, we always talk about the seven arenas of our life. We talk about that because it's first about us showing up as men. And with stoicism, it's exactly like that. Us showing up, us dealing with what we can control, which is ourself, which is our opinions, which is our beliefs, which are also our emotions or the emotions that come up and allowing them to nest and to fester. Stop it in its tracks, guys. Take these 10 points, work on your marriage. You know where your marriage is at. You need to take the time though. You need to take time. Stop doing A, B, C, D. Sit down for a few hours and think about this. If it's important to you, think about how you can improve your marriage. Because if you improve your marriage, you improve your life and you definitely improve the way that you step up as the father. So thank you for listening to this, guys. I really hope that you got something out of this. Leave us a message on Instagram or join our Facebook group, the Facebook, or sorry, the Dad Syndicate Arena. Um, please share this with your friends. And yeah, let's walk this road together. Let us know if this is if this is helping you or how it's helping you, how we can make it better. Uh, I hope you have a wonderful weekend. And yeah, Thanks for all the support. Appreciate it. And remember that all the time, energy, and hard work that you put into being the man that your family need and deserve is always going to be worth it. So be stoic. 